love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. I'm going to pass it off to you because we are going to revisit a fairly common and consistent theme that seems to come up, especially in your uh, segments here on the radio program. And that is kind of dealing with issues with dad huh, and dealing with some father wound stuff. So why don't you kind of tell our listeners, first of all, what instigated this particular segment, and then we can launch into whatever you want to talk about. Sure, Jonathan. Well, I think what instigated it was uh, not only the retreats that we do, but also recently seeing the movie Courageous, which I would recommend it. Um, The interesting thing about fathers is that I believe that uh, what I'm seeing is, is that we have accidentally as fathers, you're a dad, I'm a dad. I mean, we've had dads. Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that I think, uh, unfortunately, it's somewhere along the way, dads have lost or maybe never had the actual capability of doing a great job raising their sons to be men. Okay. And so I'm not saying that, uh, that they did it intentionally. I'm not saying that it's something that dads have uh, failed at, but it is true that men have accidentally left their post uh, at times uh, in being a father. What would you, I mean, in terms of the counseling you've done, this latest movie, Courageous, obviously all the workshops that we do, if you had to start to kind of narrow it down to what would be the sort of origination point that you think that that um, kind of causes this in a family? What distracts dads from being manhood mentors to their sons? I believe the main distraction is their own pain. It's almost as if nobody has really tried to figure out what started this pain in the first place. And so you've got dads who've grown up as wounded boys and now continue to be boys, and they don't really know how to be men in their family. And that's not an insult to anybody. It's more of just the reality that, uh, unfortunately, we're not doing a great job as men passing the the baton or passing the the rights of 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 manhood down to our children. Now, is this a 20th, 21st century phenomenon or do you think it goes back historically probably beyond just our recent, you know, 100 years? Oh, I I believe David himself, King David in the Bible had trouble with uh, being a dad and trying to figure out how to be a dad and raise kids and be the father that he was meant to be. So most most definitely it's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, the only perfect father was God himself. And mm-hmm. so, 
you know, after that, we kind of have gone downhill since then, but it doesn't take us off the, uh, it doesn't take our responsibility way of trying to keep looking at being a better father. Well, when you mention King David, and then you talk about God being the perfect father, I even think, you know, the, the story that comes to my mind was when the Israelites started grumbling about, hey, all these other nations have kings, and here you want us to follow you, this invisible God, to be our king. And and so out of their grumbling, God sort of gave them what they asked for, but with a warning saying, human kings will never rule as I rule. And I think about that in terms of like the 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 mentoring idea, the leadership idea. And it's almost like even going back that far, even in, in the history of God with his people, there's sort of this the beginning of this disconnect between the Father God and his people being, in essence, mentored and led by him. And so you can almost trace it all the way back to that being maybe an an, an origination point of some of this disconnect between how can human fathers begin to teach their sons about manhood when they've really abandoned the Father in heaven who knows best how to teach us to be men. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why this 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 radio broadcast is really not about, or this podcast is not about criticizing men for not stepping up to mm-hmm. the plate. It's really more about saying, okay, once you've acknowledged that you're a broken father, how do you try and do things differently, and how did it affect you? Uh, I know we talked a radio show or go or so uh, about how one of the number one obstacles uh, to healing was not wanting to deal with parent wounds, and so... You know, the father wound itself is a big thing because, you know, we tend to just grow up saying, oh, well, my dad had his faults, but guess what? You know, I do too, and he was raised in a bad place, and so I can can understand that, and so why should I have to go back and look at it? But the father wound itself, at least in my opinion, seems to bring up all kinds of trouble once it it starts. And don't you think that's kind of a—I mean, when people will say, essentially saying, the past is in the past. Right. Um, if that were actually true, then they wouldn't be struggling in the ways that they're currently struggling as a father, as a man. Right. Because the reality is, is when you start to look at your own brokenness and look at where you are weak, you see a direct connection between the wounds that you carried from childhood. So it's like, that's a whole false notion in that thinking to say, well, the past is in the past, just let it stay there and I'll just deal with things right now because... We're all linked to our past. I mean, where we were wounded, if we don't heal from those wounds and really work through what does it mean now to, in essence, heal and mature, then the past will always be part of our present. And I think that's the true right. with fathers, too. And, and you're, the, the image I get in my mind that you're kind of outlining here is that if a dad, and, and you can tell me if I'm off base here, but so if a dad finally acknowledges, you know what, I, I don't know how to be a dad, I'm struggling with what it means to be a man myself, let alone teach my son how to be a man. When there's that acknowledgement, then it starts to kind of begin this loop in which he's going to go actually back into his own history and be able to say, what's the pain that I've come out of? Where have I learned some or not learned certain things about manhood? And then through that, be able to then come back to now with his own son to be able to teach it's kind of like kind of like the uh, the airplane example when they're giving you the the safety instructions you know right. if somebody else needs assistance put your mask on first you know in terms of the oxygen 
Right. And that's what I'm hearing from you is the dad, is, rather than trying to go out and grab every book and say, how can I become a better father? It's almost like you're saying he needs to learn to become a man himself in order then to teach his son about manhood. Is And not saying that these are... These don't can't have overlap and be going on at the same time. Sure, but is that kind of yeah? It's a almost picture you're like, painting, right? And it's almost like you know, I don't, I'm not even really wanting guys to run out and go find all these books on right. being great fathers. I'm really thinking, you know, if there's a real broken honesty when a when a man stands before himself and says, you know, I was hurt as a child. And so I don't really know how to father, but I do know how I was, or I'm beginning to start to want to see how I was hurt. And so beginning to look at that hurt and beginning to understand what it looks like so that I don't keep that hurt going. Mm -hmm. And then therefore saying, okay, I look at my brokenness and I say, yeah, I was hurt. So God make up for the difference. Well, and and something you said there, one word that that maybe nobody else picked picked up on was stuck. I think that's a great description of where, and I bet, I mean, if we've got dads that are listening, that may just absolutely describe where you're at, how you feel. You feel stuck as a dad. You feel stuck in your life. You feel stuck with your weaknesses, stuck with a son that keeps getting, you know, time doesn't go backwards and he keeps getting older and you keep feeling like I'm behind. I don't know what I'm doing. And you just feel stuck. Absolutely. I mean, a great example is, is I, I was working with a guy in, uh, and his father was a guy who never allowed idle time. Mm. He never felt like his dad was okay with just hanging out, laying on the couch, talking to him, spending time with him. It, they always had to be doing something. Producing something. Yeah. Yes. And it, and that was even the word. It's not just producing, but you had to be productive. Mm-hmm. And so now he says that he finds himself getting stuck in that old behavior, even with his kids, of I have to always be productive, they need to be productive. And I said, what would happen if you ever just sat alone with your son and this guy was like, it would be very uncomfortable because I don't know how to just sit there with What are we doing? We're just sitting. What are we doing? You know, yeah. I start to feel like I've got to get up and go do something with him. I got to go take him out in the yard and throw balls. I got to go, you know, you know, turn on a TV show so we at least have something to watch. And it's like, those are the things that we just don't have anymore, those moments. And that's part of being stuck, and that is a father wound. A, a son who grows up to be a father that now says, you can't be idle. You can't just spend time with me. We have to be doing something. And I want to touch on a little bit because what you're describing there in that stuck state is is very typical of a shame-based system. Because when you're saying that, when you're saying, uh, you know, the father would say, we've got to be productive, you must be productive— in essence, what ultimately gets filtered through to that child's heart is only productive people are valued. I can't be Absolutely. valued if I'm if I'm if I'm standing still before you. There's I have no value then, and so you can see how easily shame is a huge foundational piece to this feeling stuck later on is in terms of how do I be a man? Because if I find myself sitting on the couch for five minutes doing nothing. I am seeing my value just go through the floor because I was taught productive people are valuable. And then the same pattern then begins with his own son of saying, you need to be busy and you need to be do that. And guess what? The same sort of message of only productive people are valuable right. gets passed on. And so you kind of see how even genera- generationally this can start going down the pike. And and so I think dealing with the shame issue is really huge too because 
one of the things that came out in one of our uh, support groups recently, because we were really talking, we've really been going through the issue of shame, and we talked about this just recently, was if you think about the um, the shame paradigm and as it pertains to manhood and fatherhood and all these kind of things, what it basically is saying is that the shame paradigm has as its end goal um, production-related goals. How are you performing? What do you look like? How do, what are the appearances of things? What are other people thinking of you? It's very, right. very performance and production-oriented. But if you think about what our deepest needs as a human being are, they're all relationally oriented. Absolutely. And you can see how polar opposite these things are. And so the person who is stuck has in their heart such incredibly relationally oriented needs that they've been trying so long through a shame-based system to get met through production-oriented methods. Absolutely. And so there's this massive disconnect. Absolutely. But yeah, we don't see it because we've grown to find ways to put padding around that brokenness so we never have to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, because all I know is, is I'm good at doing. Yeah. Don't ask me to feel, but tell me what to do. And my value is totally connected to what I do and whether I do it well. That's right. And so therefore, a father teaches his son, be good at doing. If you mess up, I won't like it. Your production is all that I really care about. And so what you're saying is a first step is that dad just for, finally just kind of admitting, rather than going through another shame-based cycle in his mind of beating himself up right. for or, his failures. Or not jumping into books where he feels like right. he's got to start doing Because that's everything. performance oriented. But instead you're saying, listen, open yourself up to the honest reality that you're like every other man on the planet and you're broken. That's right. And then also not doing what you think might come next, which is trying to make yourself grow up and be a man, but actually allowing yourself to go back and being a child and saying, what would I have liked? to have happen here. I worked with another young man, and, and his father, he couldn't find really anything wrong with him. He's a great guy, very loving, tried to be loving, but he kept saying these words, I never felt like we connected. And I think there's a real truth to that with a lot of guys is, you know, dad is so much of a doer and a performer that he doesn't really know how to connect. And it's kind of like he gets in a situation with his son, and it's almost like he's with a stranger. It's like, I don't really know how to connect here. And that little boy grows up never feeling that connection. So then he feels that dry and dusty place where he's not connecting. And then and then when he, if he has his own kids, then if he has his own son, then there's massive feelings of guilt that start to wash over him when he realizes... You know what I'm I'm really relating with my son very much the same way I related with my father and again that stuck mentality comes up because there there's this panic that that races through him that says but I don't actually know how absolutely to connect. And so what you're saying is yeah part of that process is opening yourself up to kind of be allowing yourself to go back and into those wounds into that childhood, and then from that perspective, learn how to feel again, or maybe right. for the first time. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because that you say it that way, because um, isn't that the fallacy that so many people get wrapped up into, especially even in our Christian circles, where it's like, listen, to be a good father, 
you've got to be you've got to be the authority and you got to be up here and child down here kind right. of and it's like i've almost think you know what did what did jesus do you know he knelt down and said let the children come to me it was That's like right. it was on their level he didn't continue to stay in this high position and and you know, like talk down to the children it was come i'm going to get down on your level and come to me and I think that's a great picture. Uh, we have to allow ourselves in our own brokenness and our own histories to get down on our chi- on on the child within us, right? His level. And I know this to some folks probably sounds like, what are they talking about? They want me <laughs> to somehow go back and look at my little child inside, you know. And there's some folks who've already done a lot of inner child stuff, but it is important to do inner child stuff to look at that little kid. And to say, okay, what would he have really wanted? You know, would he have wanted to have to always be doing something when dad was around? Or would he have just liked to maybe curl up with dad on the couch, have dad put his arms around him and watch TV for a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, and those are maybe things that you experienced. They may not have been, but it's finding that connection. And I haven't found a person yet who really knows how to make that happen. That's why that's the only thing I know what to do is to say, okay, God, I don't really know how to do that. But if you don't show me, then I, I don't know what else to do. And that's and, and I want to keep that as we talk about, like maybe posing some ideas, I want to make sure that we keep that focused on, on the principle of what we're talking about. Because it can be real easy, again, even listening to this program, to have that sort of let me grab a book mentality. Sure. And you just tell me the four steps that I need to take in order to be a great dad it's like no, no, no. In fact, I I almost, um, I almost hate hear, hearing a book that has a title of you know, the seven steps to fill in the blank. Because right. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just another set of rules that I gotta feel guilty about breaking. You know, that's right. So, <laughs> so I think the principle we're talking about here is is really a it's it's almost like a humility of the soul. Because yeah. I think a lot of dads, we, we in our confusion and us getting stuck with our own kids, we can our pride creeps in and we say, I couldn't possibly be vulnerable in front of my kids. I couldn't possibly seem weak in front of my children. I couldn't possibly seem as if I have needs of my own in front of my kids. Right. And I think just the opposite is true. Absolutely. I think you build greater respect, greater intimacy, a greater bond with your children when they realize that you're actually not so different from one another. You have different roles, obviously, but in terms of you being human beings, you're not really different from each other. That's right. And I think I think we've just gotten that backwards. We've 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 sort of falsely created this this distance between fathers and sons by saying a dad is always to be um quote unquote looked up to. And I get what they're saying with that, but I think sometimes it even even that builds this what? This distance, distance to where he's sure. up here and I'm down here. Well it's almost that thing that we've accidentally done, and I say we because I think we've done it as a mm-hmm. culture and as a church, is that we value respect over love. Mm. You know? That we've caused dads to feel like, you know what, my children better respect me. And so there's always this distance of respect versus I really want my children to know me. Mm. The way we know God is through his love. If he were only a judge, then we'd have to just respect him out of fear. But guess what? We've worked with plenty of guys who respected their dad out of fear, and guess where it got him? 
nowhere. Mm -hmm. They were empty and they had no relationship. So love creates the relationship. Respect flows out of that love and that relationship. You can't just demand a child respect you. You have to be willing to show them love and then they'll find respect for you. But it's, you know, a lot of times what happens is it's so much easier to demand respect. Sure. And guess what? You can train a child to perform as if they respect you. Sure. And and that's the amazing thing about how that fits so neatly into the this kind of dad is mm-hmm. that he he loves a rule. So if he can make a rule that you will respect me and then he sees it happen, then things are great. Because then he thinks, check mark, I've done it, he respects me. But that's why the dad looks sometimes like a deer in the headlights, you know, 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road when his son's saying, I never really liked you, I didn't even have a relationship with you. And he's Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, you know, I demanded you respect me. And he's like, yeah, that's what I didn't like about you. Exactly, yeah. So now let's talk more about what a father is going to need to kind of go through in terms of their own healing. Because I do believe it's, it's healing that a father needs to go through in this. It's not simple. It's not, you don't go through training first. You go through healing first. And so um, what are some first steps, steps, huh? But what are some first stages? I, I, stages is a better word because I think it's a process that a, that a man goes through. Sure. But what are some of those first stages after a guy finally acknowledges, listen, I'm going to admit I'm stuck. I'm going to humble myself before God and before my kids um, kind of where do I go from here? And you know what's important, Jonathan? He may not even be there yet. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to just say, okay, God, begin to show me my own childhood pain. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. May, I'm supposed to respect my dad. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything like that. I really just want you to show me, God, what kind of pain that I had. What were the, what were the, the places that lacked in my life with my dad? Yeah, so in other words, just start a journey of honesty where you're willing to say, God, show me what was wa- what what left me wanting right. in life. That's right, and what may have slightly hurt, and be careful, you know, just be careful, guys, that when you start this journey, you don't sit there and say, oh, but I, hey, I look back and I don't, I don't see a thing that hurt me. My dad was great. We, uh, I, I have memories of fishing and baseball, and I did all these great things with my dad, and that's great. But go a little deeper than that. Take Mm -hmm. one step further than that. Take three steps further than that. Allow yourself to really look at what was the wound for me. And maybe the only thing you'll come up with is, is my dad and I, we did a lot of great things together, but we never really connected. Mm -hmm. Now, we both know that this can be a long, painstaking process for the individual dad to go through. What kind of advice would you give to him when he's embarking on this journey of honesty to really start to begin that healing process, what kind of advice would you give him in terms of how to engage his son during this process of his own internal healing? Well, I think depending on the son's age, I think it's kind of a cool thing to, you know, include him in it. You know, sure, you don't want to to demean your your father, his grandfather. You don't want to bring up things that might uh, affect his view of his grandfather. But it's okay to say, hey, I'm beginning to look back at my childhood, and especially if he's around teenage years, you know, I'm beginning to look at my father and because I want to be a better father mm-hmm. and kind of engage your son in this conversation. I mean, I know he's a teenager. He'll probably look at you, roll his eyes and say, this is crazy. 
Um, but beginning to start saying, okay, do we just have to always be doing something together? Is there ever a time that I just allow my kid to just hang out and us not have to be doing anything? Um, do I do things that I enjoy or do I try to find things that he enjoys? Uh, all those things that kind of help us to start connecting with our son will also help him to say, okay, because as, as he begins to look back at his own little child inside, he's going to find things that, wow, you know, we always did this, but I really wanted to do this. Or And I think it's also a great opportunity for dads to open themselves up vulnerably to their son so that their son is feels safer to actually be able to communicate to his dad the things that come up that he was wounded in. In other Absolutely. words, let's say you've got a 16-year-old son and you're and you're going through this process as a dad of learning to kind of open up to your own childhood wounds and work through this and you have a conversation with your son to kind of invite him in this into this process or let him know about what you're doing and in in that process you can basically kind of lay yourself open to your son and say I know that I have not been everything that you needed me to be and I want to try sure. to improve this relationship and I want you to be free to start sharing with me the the places in which I wounded you because I, I want to be able to have a closer relationship with you. And so that from this point on, we don't have to revisit or, or redo all of those things that were done poorly in the first place. Absolutely. So it can kind of be a, a, a father son healing journey. And on that, on that front, it can also be a father grandfather healing journey as well. So dads, just when you're listening to this, if your dad is still alive, don't think this is that this needs to be some sort of disconnected exercise from him. This could be a great healing journey for even your father uh, and your son's grandfather on this journey that I think could be, I mean, you could get, you know, generational healing going on by being courageous to, that's why I like the movie name, Courageous, right? right? Because you can be the one to step out and begin this process in your family. Absolutely. And you know what? Another courageous thing, and I don't know what we've got left, but I may end on this, is don't ever stop hugging and kissing your mm-hmm. kids. I mean, I we have so many guys who come through your ministry, my ministry, where we got folks saying, you know what? I don't ever remember my dad hugging me. I don't ever remember my dad kissing me. You know, there's nothing wrong. And and. You know, there may be guys saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, I don't kiss my kid. You know, he's 12 now, he's 15. You know, don't ever stop. Right. Because I think we've lost that art, and it's meant to be there. And it, and it, if you know nothing else, you know hugging him and kissing him brings him close to you. Even though he may shrug, shrug his shoulders or, you know, try to get away from you, just know he'll come back mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, love is a powerful thing, and we need to be willing to uh, display it and really express Absolutely. it in, in its fullness, you know, emotionally, physically, everything. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it rain.